God damn. Who's calling me from Kalamazoo, Missouri? Seriously. Shut up and sit down. This whole gravel thing has taken off. It's such a disruptive trend. Changed the cycling world as we know it. You are listening to the Dialed Podcast with Matt Lee Graham, Evan Price, First Day Boy Lance Hepler, and Jake Von Turing. Always remember that you are one right away from a good mood. Enjoy episode 114. Gravel bikes, by nature, are fairly do-it-all utilitarian machines. You take away all the weird social discomfort that comes with trying to figure out if you're wearing the right thing or if you look right for the bike that you're riding, more people become interested in riding bikes again. <laughs> Who'd have thunk it? It's your Welcome back to the Dial Podcast. I am Jake Von Dering, and I'm here with Lance Hepler. Lance Romance, right here in studio. In studio. Mustache and all. I'm in studio. It's getting waxier. At a safe distance from you. <laughs> How bad is that mustache? I, I think it's getting better. I like it. Here's the beauty of it. Any, uh, it, It's taken away all my whatever you want to call it. it if, if you... All my respectability. Oh, is gone. gotcha, gotcha. Yes, yes. All, I have no respectability left. As the prestige. kids would say, <laughs> prestige worldwide. <laughs> prestige worldwide. Yeah, I have no respect. Evan, don't you want to just go over there and hang something on it? I know. I, I know. look at that. Like, I, it's like I'm thinking of Christmas ornaments. <laughs> we could hang like a, a face mask off of that thing. I think so. I think yeah. so. Actually, like, yes, you basically created your own little hangers for a yeah. face mask to go nicely right over your mouth oh. without going around your ears. He's got like some giant fish hooks coming <laughs> off the side of his mustache. Yeah. I was talking to somebody this week that I haven't that I hadn't seen in, you know, a couple months because we're all like, uh, you know, holed up. And I'm I'm like standing like ten feet away talking to him through their car window and she's she like stopped me. She's like, Stop. I cannot take you seriously with that thing <laughs> on your face. And I'm like, that is exactly why I have this, because I do not want to be taken seriously anymore. It's going to come back to bite me. Sometime. No, I love it, because you, you, you have to keep this for for next cro- when, when cross-season comes up, because this this is very cross-season-esque, but it needs to be like really ready to really, go for cross-season. It's yeah. so long, and it catches so many boogers. <laughs> How is eating with it? It's, has has the ergonomics of eating changed at all? No, not really. I okay. just have to make sure it's it's brushed it's out, of, out the way. of the way. It has to be parted in the middle brushed and brushed out of the way, and then it's no problem. Matt, I so wish you could have seen that right there. He just like did like a full. You know, like the really old Peaky Blinders guy when like whenever you grab the mustache and pull it to the side. That's exactly what he just did there. <sighs> and this it's pretty been... easy for me to imagine just Lance being sketchy. So. <laughs> not not hard to picture. Not hard to picture. Thank you for joining us on Mustache Talk. It's going to have to replace lead-out news here because we're running low on lead-out news. <laughs> and to Lance's right, Evan Price. I'm drinking a Red Bull today. I got Okay, so I have a problem with Red Bull here. And it's it's not that their, their product is delicious and incredible and truly magical, but 
they're a new additions. If anybody has been to a grocery store lately and had the time to, to peek at these, they have random like seasons as flavors, but then just actual flavor flavors. Like they need to stick with one or the other. It needed to be just flavors or seasons. Cause last time I think I was drinking like a winter and now I'm drinking a peach. Peach nectarine, to be specific. But Congratulations. It's delicious either way. Have you had this one yet, Lance? <laughs> I have not. You drink the, the, the garbage ones, don't you? The monsters and rock I, stars I drink and stuff. The, I drink the zero-calorie ones. Yeah, but it's like the rock star, right? No, I don't drink the rock star. I drink monster. Monster? The oh monster uh, ultras. I think yeah. we need to do a show on those one of these days. Yeah, we should. Oh, and yeah, just, just like talk about argument on energy drinks. garbage that's in yeah. those things. <laughs> well, I mean, Red Bull's got magic and all that good stuff for you. Those are garbage, though, monsters. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure there's nothing but good stuff <laughs> in your Red Bull. <laughs> yeah, absolutely nothing but good stuff. <laughs> but then outside of that, we are drinking LaCroix here, the coffee exotica. Lance, what are you drinking? I am drinking the Croix as well. Uh-huh. I got some LaCroix as well. And Matt, what are you drinking right now? Um, I was sipping on some coffee, but I'm switching to my homemade bubbly water. Oh, oh, gin and juice, yes. come on. I've seen, gin I've and seen, juice. I've seen gin Matt's. Juice. You guys know me. Gin, when I say Made bubbly water, it's bad. Uh-huh. gin and juice. It's only 30 minutes away from noon, which means it's time for gin and juice, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, digitally to Evan's right, coming at you over Skype, Matt LeGrand. What's up, ladies and gentlemen of the internet? It's good to hear you guys. I miss you, brother. <laughs> when are we going to have you back in the studio, Matt? What are you thinking? Next week, maybe? Uh, maybe. Weeks? Maybe? I don't know. I mean, we I, should, I should ask we my should wife like, what her schedule looks like. If she's, you know, on a daily basis, like, swabbing the people's brains for the zombie <laughs> virus. <laughs> I'm pretty uh, sure that's how it's attested, right? Then it's probably not an ideal time for me to come into the studio and make out with you guys, but... <laughs> Or um, if not, if things are looking pretty good, maybe next week or the week after. That yeah. will be glorious. Yeah, glorious. because I don't want any zombie germs, that is for sure. <laughs> All right, let's do some backpedaling. Evan, backpedal for us. I want to hear about yesterday. What did you I do get yesterday, to, Evan? I get to be like the Lance now where I just get to talk. I'm going to pretend like I raced like seven. Matt, how many you times did. you race this week? <laughs> Once. Once? There you go. Okay, cool. So sort of. you, you and I both race more than Lance. Do we count do we count virtual races as well racing? Absolutely we do. <laughs> Come on. Come on. I mean it's really not like real racing, but but it's it's about as close as we're gonna get right now. So I count Strava and Zwift and what Matt did as well as as real racing now going forward. So um yesterday I did uh, an attempt on a local mountaintop finish called Larch. Now, the Washington Larch. For whatever reason, there are two There's Larches two. in our region. Like, they're only like 30 miles apart I've never gotten other. an answer as to why they didn't think of a different name for the mountain 30 <laughs> minutes down the road. But that's that's in, in this region, as, as many of you know, we are in the Vancouver-Portland area. We are, we are on the better side, the Vancouver side, which is the Washington side. Um, the, 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 where, where other people live on the South side is Portland, probably the better known city, but, um, there's, there's a large mountain in Oregon and there's a large mountain in Washington, uh, both of which have had very fast cyclists ride up both. They're both like good, solid climbs, really solid climbs. Like, I don't know like, how long the Oregon Larch is, uh, from, from the intersection, it's like an hour, maybe it's like an hour. Okay. So, yeah. so it's like double in length it's of the double Washington, in length of the yeah. Washington one. Yeah. So, um, for for me, th- this is kind of go- going back a little bit. I won't say nostalgic because I think only three years ago doesn't count as nostalgic. But when I first moved here, uh, my very first outdoor ride, I found Washington Large. And I remember doing that whole climb and thinking, oh, my God, I love this region. 
uh, in Ohio, we don't have continuous 30 minute climbs. <laughs> That's not a thing. So we, we have climbs in Ohio, but they, they are more your five, six minute length climbs, not, not a climb like that. So, um, I remember thinking at that time I did it and looked at the KOM list and was like, Oh my God, there's some very fast people on here. None of them with real cycling names. They all have the fake Strava names, which is great in this. <laughs> I'm not sure if that's a thing everywhere, but definitely around here, we have quite a few fast cyclists who like to use very funny Strava. I, I assume that Twinkie Fitzgerald is not actually somebody's name. I could be oh, wrong. That's just, I'm pretty sure that, that <laughs> is that, birth, is that actually his, his birth, birth given? mother gave him that. <laughs> I'm wildly offending Twinkie here. I'm very sorry, who, who I think lives in Colorado now. But um, so uh, this year I've decided that I wanted to do a KOM attempt on that. And now that we're not actually racing, I've decided there's no better time than now. So on Sunday, I was originally going to go and do a recon of um, the mountain just to kind of get the, the feelers for it and see how the legs felt because I had a really, really big training week on the bike. Um, short story. I don't think I've mentioned this on here before, but for the first time in a while, uh, I've picked up a little running injury. Um, that's taken me off running for two weeks. So it was time to focus on the bike, which I was fine with. Um, I needed a little bit of time away from running probably anyway, even though that was tough. But, uh, in just a week, it kind of let me hone in some bike fitness and wanted to give it, uh, give it a go. So I, Went out to Larch, and everybody at this table has given that attempt. Matt has as well, and probably most people listening from the region. So I just went as hard as I could up that initial section, which is like, what are those pitches hit in the beginning? Do you do you think, Matt, Jake, anybody's been up that? Like 10%. 10% through the initial. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it might be a beginning couple is like my favorite. Yeah. I really like that yeah. kind of early, some of the early sections. Before they clear cut all those trees, it was really beautiful back there. It was, yeah, yeah. And it's it, it's a very beautiful climb, really, the, the whole way up. I, I like it, but you're right. Before they clear cut that, it was very, very nice. And um, so got through that section. It felt really good and decided, well, I'm five, six minutes into this, you know, 25 minute attempt already I might as well go just all out the whole way up so went all out the whole way up and I got I got pretty lucky that I think um the legs were there that day because there was even a little bit of headwind through some of the flat sections so I had to practice getting arrow which I don't ever have to do on the trainer so that was probably good practice and um ended up getting uh the KOM that was held by our very own Mike Guyvan on the team uh, who I have a ton of respect for because anybody who's ridden with Mike Guyvan knows that guy is... He's solid. Oh, God, he's strong. Yeah. And he's strong on, like, all terrain. It doesn't matter if you're going downhill, uphill, flat, rollers, gravel. That guy can ride hard on anything. Um, so I ended up... I think I got the KOM by, like, only, like, 20 seconds. It was it was not eight, a big gap. Eight seconds. Eight seconds? Eight seconds. I didn't even check the gap on him. I just knew he was 25 low. Was yeah. he, like, 25 on the dot? 2501. Oh, gotcha. Okay. And then Nate is not that far behind. Twenty five oh six. Jeez, Nate, poor Nate was only five seconds off that. So you, <laughs> that is a shame. You know that yesterday was Mike Guyvan's birthday when you took that from him, right? I did not <laughs> know that going into that ride. I had no idea it was Mike Guyvan's birthday. Granted, I think that's kind of funny that it is that it was Mike Guyvan's birthday. But <laughs> yeah, and he did it a year ago today. So really, was, he didn't get. He was one day shy of, if I'm not mistaken, it was one day shy of, of him having the KOM for a full year. I yeah. swear, <laughs> none of this was on purpose. I literally went to that climb with sure. the. I, I was I was at the end of a big training week thinking, okay, this is just going to be a recon ride. I don't even know when Mike Guyvan's birthday is, but happy birthday, Mike! And in honor, that was my birthday gift to Mike was me shredding myself up that climb because <laughs> that was one heck of an effort that he put up. Um, I I I hope that that actually 
just kind of stimulates the team to go out there and do some of these KOM attempts like like we talked about because we've got some guys on that team that that are going to beat that. So, you know, my, my, my goal is that we can drive that thing down. Oh, yeah, that's a good training. It's a good training effort, too. Yeah. I mean, if you want to go out there and get a good – 20 plus minutes of like hurt yourself that's the place oh, yeah. to do it yeah it's a it's it's a stingy climb because there's some flat sections but you i would rather a climb just sit at 10 percent for an exceedingly long time yeah because there's no settling in point up large you are either hitting a steep section or flattening out or sitting at four percent there there's not a lot of time to settle in yeah. so yeah any of you guys use it for um ftp tests i have not up large I know some people who it's have. It's almost, it's not exactly 20 minutes. It kind of flattens out when you get up towards the yeah. top. So it's it's not the perfect place to do an FTP test, but it's pretty close. You definitely get some high power numbers going up those little 8, 10% pitches. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah that's a, it's a good little uh, climb, man. Yeah. Proud man. of you. Well done. Yeah. Yep. And then me, T- uh, Tonk, and Nate raced on Friday. And according to me and Matt, that is a real race. Um, granted, it was done over the interwebs. But <laughs> uh, Tonk and Nate took one and two. Well, actually, they took two and three. But the guy who came in number one put out a shockingly amazing 997 watts for 20 minutes. Amazing. And we'll be competing in the tour next year, apparently. So. <laughs> but the, yeah, <laughs> Tonk Are you kidding me? What, is this like on an e-bike or something? I, or? He's on what they call Z-Power. I don't, Matt, do you, do you know anything about it? Everybody uh, keeps it on referencing Z-Power. I don't know what it means. It just means it's not verified with. Uh, oh, gotcha. Okay, so yeah. it's just, and they could be even doing that not on per. Like, I'm not gonna sit there and be like, "Oh, you're a cheater." It could just be somebody like me who doesn't know tech super well. Yes. But yeah. It, they could yeah. be not on a smart trainer, on a dumb trainer. Yeah. With the yeah. resistance removed. <laughs> oh, I got so they're just going by the spin the wheel, wheel. Is just going gotcha. on the spin wheel. That's okay. Okay. So, so yeah. I'll give people the benefit. Well, let me and, peg this at twelve hundred watts for thirty minutes, and I'm really only pushing fifty. Yeah, and that's and that's <laughs> yeah. a thing that, that that we were talking about as we do this like weekly race. For me, the the result means nothing. It's all about the so I'm just comparing my twenty minute efforts each week. Yeah. And for me, that was a twenty minute power PR from from on on a trainer. So you know it was nice work. It was it was good and. Then Saturday, I decided I was just going to sit in the saddle and be bored for five and a half hours, which I really don't want to have to do again, but I probably will do again here. Did you ride with a group on Saturday? Were you no. riding with Andy no. and Gary on, and those guys? Um, no, you rode on no, uh, that was, on Zwift. You're yeah, talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know Zwift. Gary Cornelius on our team. Oh, they did a Oh, was he on ride. Zwift too? Yeah, they did a long ride, if I'm not mistaken. Tonk rode with me for a little bit, but that was the only I just remember getting on, seeing every, all of you guys were on there, and yeah. you guys were all about 40 miles into the ride. Oh no, that's crazy. We we must have all just like started just at the same chance. time. Yeah, 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 just by chance. That's yeah, funny. crazy. I did Santa Sequoias, which would be the most boring choice for that. I'm that's sure they were doing a fun little route though. It's got some variants yeah. in that little uh, KOM Titans Grove. I yeah, like that. Chase yeah, that. that's kind of fun. Yeah, it's it's a perfect little long ride segment. But yeah, that was my week. It's at least more exciting than last week, Lance. I at least did something in the real world. That was the one. So <laughs> that was and really, I mean that that, that KOM was something I looked at a long time ago at doing. So. As much as I know we're all bummed that races are canceled, like, hopefully everybody can kind of find that one. Just go grab that, like, local KOM that you've wanted to do for a while. Mm-hmm. Just give your best efforts up. It, like, That's awesome. It, it, it's a good kind of race outlet. For sure. Matt, you raced. Why don't you backpedal? Sort of, yeah. Um, I rode outside this week, and I raced. Uh, probably not the smartest thing to put those back-to-back, like, um, a bit of a long ride for me. You did, like, and... your longest ride in the last year, practically. Yeah. Since my shoulder, since my bike crash, I have not gone. Um, I don't remember. Like it's pro- the, probably the farthest I've gone is like 30-ish miles, and I was just totally random. 
Uh, I had nothing to do, and the sun came out, and I was like, I'm just going to go ride my bike. Time and to ride. <laughs> I rode 50 miles, which is, you know, I mean, I feel like Jake and I used to do that every Monday, you know, after doing long weekends. Yep. So it doesn't feel too intimidating. But I would say that as I finished, my legs felt pretty trashed. Uh, so it was good. It was a good effort. And then the next day I was like, um, yeah, race this duathlon on legs that were a little, a little trashed, uh, but it was virtual, the spring classic virtual duathlon. So I don't know, Evan, I don't know if I agree with you on calling it like a real race or not. Uh, but the whole thing with that was I've had so much Achilles issues lately that I didn't really think I was going to be able to finish. Yeah. And so, uh, my thought process was like, you know, we used to make fun of people that would wear these like to finishes to win t-shirts and and that was it man for me it was like what like a finisher's medal yeah uh let's not have that conversation they do they did give out finishers medals and shirts and a whole it's the swag bag i saw that yeah um i mean she may as well you already had everything made right so send it to people i I think at this point it's kind of like they're they they knew in enough time with with enough advancement that they um some of the stuff might have been made, but I'm guessing that a lot of it was probably made specifically for the number of people that signed up or something okay. like that. Just because yeah. I just don't think that um, I don't I don't know. I don't know what they're doing, but they should scale back on some of that stuff, I think. Uh, anyway, um, I decided to skip the packet pickup just because we, we don't need medals. And um, I mean, race T-shirts are always good, but we're doing pretty well in that department as well. Uh, so my wife and I, she signed up for the half marathon, uh, and I signed up for the duathlon. Uh, so she did half marathon. Kristen is now. killing it right now. That's three weeks, two, two yeah, big she, long runs. She did a marathon, and then she did this half marathon, and she's like, "Yeah, I feel fine." And now her toe is falling off. So <laughs> except except for the toe, toe part, toe yeah. Now. I mean, like it's just it's one of those things we've all we've all been there, right? You you know, hurt your toe and then, you know, toenails bruised or whatever. So I think she needs to take a break, but she can choose to listen to me or not. Who knows? Um, but my duathlon, I was pumped cause I was able to finish it. I took the first 5k pretty easy, like eight minute pace. And then the duathlon, I mean, we got on the bike and I felt horrible, but it was super fun. Cause, um, Mark Radford was leading the group. Which yeah. Was Mark, super- shout out to Mark. He's awesome. Yes. Uh, he he set the whole thing up like the you know Zwift group and we actually had a lot of people I don't know exactly how many people were there but it was probably like 20 people or more What course um, were you on Matt? Uh the flat one the uh Fucus I don't remember what it's called Fugis Tempest Flats. Tempest Fugit yeah, so Tempest Oh you're right anyway, yeah Tempest Fugit Yeah <laughs> super flat I should not is, know that <laughs> <laughs> It's Thank you, ideal <laughs> for It's ideal for this kind of thing uh and Maddie Wick I rode with her for a minute until she pulled away from me, uh, yeah, which man, she's was awesome. Right now. Oh, I know. Wait, she's, she's like so a cool. thirteen-year-old girl, right? Fifteen. Fifteen. Yeah, okay. Yes. Yeah. But she weighs a buck it, nothing. Yeah, exactly. It's and super cool more power to see. Than most of us. <laughs> well, I mean, she's improved a ton in the past because I remember we did a group ride maybe last year, and it was like her first time doing like a dialed group ride, and she was like hanging with us, but she was kind of you know it was kind of like she hung with us for a little while. That was a year ago. She's gotten so much better. 
So I don't know who her uh, who's been coaching her, but um, whoever that person is deserves a uh, Lacroix or something. You know, something I fancy. <laughs> I don't think it has anything to do with the coach. That's that's like. <laughs> That's that's like taking like a you know your your best meal and like putting ketchup on the side and the ketchup being the coach. It's like that she's going to be strong no matter what she does. But yeah, she's yeah. just killing it right now. I'm super proud of her. Um, I think she ended up catching up to Mark Radford. Maybe like I don't know exactly where they finished, but they you know they were. I was pretty close to them, maybe like a minute or so, and uh, it was cool to to get to ride with the group. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my second 5k was faster than my first, which is always like my little goal. I went like 7:30 pace for that one. And I was pretty pumped to be able to finish without, you know, walking or struggling Matt, too much. That's really, are, are, are you okay. feeling okay today? I'm feeling sore. Um, but I also haven't run more than a mile since basically since Evan and I ran together or that's not exactly true. I probably have run like those two miles. These are these, like when I run up and down my neighborhood kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so to jump from like two miles to 10 K is a solid amount. I was pretty happy with the day. Uh, I am looking forward to getting our lakeside long runs back up and rolling, but I know we um, just talk about I gotta, how much we miss those. Yeah. I got to get this, um, this Achilles thing kind of situated and make sure it doesn't get worse. So, yep, absolutely. Cool. Yeah. Good week, awesome. I guess. I mean, those two days were good. The rest of the days I, um, I sat around and ate uh, Doritos, and I um, added an extra <laughs> notch to my belt. And um, but also, yeah. Matt, Matt, that marathon post you put up was that was that a marathon from what would have been this last weekend back when? Was that an Alabama marathon? Where where was that? Yeah, that was. Um, so my friend posted something to Facebook, and it was like some old newspaper clip of me when I was young, uh, finishing a marathon, and it was. Um, I don't remember what year it was, probably 2001. And it was, um, I ran a 233. And then I think that picture is taken right as I finished, as I crossed the finish line. But like literally right after that picture is taken, I started throwing up. Like I just, (laughs) oh, that would have been so great if they had timed that just like two seconds later. (laughs) Yeah, it was, uh, it was like, oh, not getting any of these fluids to kind of (laughs) settle in. They're all coming up. Yep. Here Uh, comes all that Gatorade. But yeah, that was a hard effort a long time ago, and uh, now now there's evidence out there that I used to be able to run. So it's <laughs> all that matters. <laughs> yeah. I went from that to being able to run eight minute pace for a 5K race. So pretty good, pretty good progress. <laughs> hey, you know, just a slight drop off in pace, but there's there's no nobody's ever ever able to hold about two thirty marathon fitness for their whole life. So awesome. Yeah, Lance. How's your week, man? My week was interesting. I actually uh, I rode zero times inside, not once Whoa. on the trainer. Oh, good for you. <laughs> oh man, I rode six times this last week. The weather was not bad this last week. Yeah, the weather yeah. was not bad, so I I was pretty pleased the way it went. Yeah, I, I rode like 280 miles this last week total, which ended up being a lot, like 17 hours. So. Yeah. But what else am I gonna do? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But really, nothing. Nothing. Like, there is nothing else. <laughs> my, I two my girls were home and we're hanging out. I just had, I had a great week. Here, here's one day. Lance is out. No, he tells me he's like, "Hey, you want to go for a ride?" I'm like, "I don't know. I've got work stuff going on." And then he comes by and he's like, "What are you doing?" And I'm like, oh, "I got to work." He's like, "Ah." Oh. He's like, "I just thought I'd stop by." I'm like, "Where are you off to?" He's like, "I don't know." He, he, he just didn't know what he was gonna do. <laughs> and then I go check his Strava later. And he ends up riding like 105 miles. I'm like. 
Must be nice. The that, plan that should have been the title of your yeah. straw. I was like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. <laughs> the plan that day, I was gonna ride like sixty miles. I was gonna go out to there's a couple of valleys in North County that I haven't been to in a while, and I just ended up. I just kept going. <laughs> What'd you do? Like the, the the rack route? What'd you end up doing? No, I rode. Um, I rode up Dole Valley and I rode up Sunset oh, yeah. Falls, but oh, yeah. just to the gravel and back. I was on my road oh, okay. bike and went so. So I you didn't could see what his, where his mind was going. Though. He was doing the big loop, and like, <laughs> there's all of a sudden a little offshoot. He's like, oh, I think look. I'm going to go over here. <laughs> I rode that like 10 miles to the end yeah, and turned yeah, around and came back. Yeah, then so up did. another valley. That's too funny. It was fun. So I don't yeah. know. I did that a few times. I rode my gravel bike a few times. Jake and I got out yesterday, and we rode some gravel for like 60 miles, which was just fantastic. It was a beautiful day. It was a beautiful day. Yeah. So The area you guys rode into is just Awesome. Like that is an so, area I'm very excited to explore. So funny thing, the uh, um, where where your K where you got the KOM yesterday. So you guys were very close. to No, me. we rode to the exact same intersection. So you guys rode to the penitentiary intersection. Yes. yes. What time roughly did you guys hit that? Because uh, we, we had to be close. Because I know when I got back, I I looked at the flyby noon, and we must have got there about noon, and you left. You left a lot later than that. Yeah, yeah. No, I didn't. I I swam in the morning, so I didn't even get to that climb till probably. No, it would it would have been one? I think is when I got to the climb. Yeah. So we didn't miss you by much. Yeah, we, it was we like were down on the, the dike hour at that probably like at that time. Yeah. But we were at the same exit. Where your oh, K- if I would have seen you guys at the time, I, I would have lost my mind. <laughs> where your KO one stopped. Breathing. That's where we got to, and then rode up. There's a gravel road that goes up into National mm-hmm. Forest Land. Yeah. And it it's like. 15% for a mile and a half. Yeah, that's the one that I so told you. Steep. Yeah. Me and Dustin tried to go up that one time. And it was so windy. We had to stop because the wind was literally blowing us <laughs> off our bicycles. <laughs> like it was actually blowing us off. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, we rode up to that. Once we got to the top, we're we're in National Forest Land. We're on a gravel road. There's like a you know, uh, an unofficial shooting range up there because there's a quarry mm-hmm. yep. where yep. people all go shooting. It's like littered in in brass and shells, shotgun so shells. Many shells. Yeah. And uh, we got up to the top, and we're trying to decide which route to take. And then uh, Ranger Dan came rolling up behind us in his uh, Department of Natural Resources truck and rolled his window down and yelled, Roger the Riot Act. The forest is closed. We're like, "Uh, what? (laughs) The forest is closed. You guys need to go. And we're like, "Uh, okay. We're on a gravel road out in the middle of nowhere. He's like, at the pace you were riding, you had to have seen at least 10 signs. You Just tell me. Did, just you tell me. Did you see the, the signs? signs? like, yeah, we saw the signs. But they weren't. They, but to also, be honest, they, were, they weren't like guys, super clear. It's like I mean. 20% there. The only thing I'd be looking at would be the, my front wheel and my breath. Would be but it, <laughs> the signs say this area is closed until further notice. Or Yeah, area is closed until further notice. It didn't say anything about the road. No. They like, should have said the road. The road, yeah. To it, be specific. It or said just the put area, a little, yeah. just put a little orange cone right in front of that gravel road there and just be like, close. Road close. Boom. Yeah, there road close. Yeah, easy. Yeah, there was no <laughs> cones. We out. went back down. Like, there's like all these streamers that he tagged onto the. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he the, like the added sign. all these streamers to Dan his Dan wanted sign. to make sure no more of these. Ranger stuff. Dan did not. Yeah, exactly. More people. He, it was funny. He just saw your mustache and assumed that you were trying to rob the these saloon. These people are evil. <laughs> They're out here sweating. This guy looks like every bad, clothing. bad Western villain right now. <laughs> this guy's up to no good. So we, when had, you guys see road closed, aren't you immediately going to be like, "Ooh, awesome!" Like, yeah, that's this right. Is no awesome. cars, no cars. cars yeah, up here. That is my first response. If I'm on a bicycle and there's like a cone that says yeah. "road closed," I'm like, "Thank God, good, okay." But it, it didn't say road closed. It said area closed. Yeah. And it, 
and the signs made it look like it was the woods. Okay, yeah. they don't want you to go out in the woods. Yeah, which make, sure. Okay. Well, obviously, we mistook it. We So we just turned around and rode back. We had planned to, like, yeah. there was a couple of gravel roads up there that we wanted to explore, but we didn't. We turned came around. back instead. Yeah. We bombed know. down this. Went rode Grand through Lacrimus Park instead. I walked yes. with <laughs> so a million we, people. We rode yeah. through Lacrimus Park, and there must have been a thousand people in the That's park. fine, though. That's fine. Yeah, no, that's it, still it open. Wasn't, the forest is closed, but the park is open. But the yeah, but, but <laughs> all the every, sense in the every, world. And and that was the other thing, Matt. Matt, I'm sure you saw this because it's right outside your door. By the way, Matt, I was gonna drop by your house on Sunday, okay. but I was so hungry at that point. I had this decision time where. I kind of went up your that steep road to get towards you for like a second because <laughs> nope. in my head I was thinking I so I go off my watch so I had no idea if I had actually gotten a large KOM yet or not so I was like I need to get a KOM today I'm gonna try Lake Road but there was a headwind on Lake Road so I'm like there's no chance I'm getting this but Matt's house is off to the left <laughs> so I go to go up that road Matt make it mm-hmm. about 10 seconds up that and like nope turned around and then went back <laughs> nope. down I was like I was like I'll just talk to Matt on Monday this is not <laughs> well I did have two who Hooligans stopped by my house on Sunday, and those it, guys almost got the hose. We did. I should have Jake just gone I did up there because you guys may have been up there at that and time. And actually, Matt's wife, Kristen, was one of the ones that said, I can't take you seriously with that thing on your face. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I should have timed this so much better. <laughs> if you're ever in Matt's neighborhood, man, it's a good place. If you're on a bike, there's bike jumps all over the place. Yeah, there were yeah. bike ramps. There's but this is the great thing about you. This is the great thing about your house, Matt, is that most cyclists aren't going to want to come and annoy you because you have to go up to like a 22% grade to get to Matt's like house itself. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. We had a good time. We good, stopped. Good so. segment on that road, too. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Yep. There awesome. were so many cars around it's there. It's a coveted segment. Yeah. <laughs> it is. It's a very coveted segment. <laughs> Got to take that from you, Lance. All right. Uh, I got in 11 hours this past week. Oh, man. Not too shabby. Six rides. You've been consistent, man. Three on the trainer and three outdoors. All three bikes outdoors. Bike rides outdoors. Gravel bike. They were all on the gravel bike. Gravel bike. My shoulder (laughs) is feeling the love. (laughs) Not happy. Uh, But at the end of the day, the doc said, I'm not going to really make anything worse, you know, barring a crash or something like that. So I'm just trying to grin and bear it. But the icing on the cake this week is I've been dealing with the freaking back spasm. I think is the the root of that came from us. We're tearing out our front yard because, like, what else do you do when there's, like, lockdown (laughs) and there's nothing else in your house? You go ahead and you tear out all your – you re-landscape your front yard. So I had a sod cutter out there, and I was tearing out all the grass and whatnot. And I think that kind of jarred my back, and I've had a – a cranky back all week and finally got to the point where like, all right, I got to take some muscle relaxers to make this thing feel better. And it helped. And you know what else? It kind of helped settle down my shoulder. So, I Oh, it did. I don't want to get stuck oh, really? muscle relaxers. <laughs> Something about muscle relaxers and global effect. Yeah. yeah. Not a localized effect. But, um, <laughs> yeah. So, um, the, the highlight of the week was riding with, uh, John L. Sullivan yesterday. I mean, Lance, <laughs> you guys know who John L. Sullivan is? For for, for, for all of our young listeners, okay. none of them are going to get that. Okay. I have a new name for Lance's mustache, Sully. Sully. Check, check your text yeah. messages right now. I just sent it over to you, and we'll post this on the, uh, the website later on. This is awesome. Did you do like a good side-by-side of it? I know. Oh, I, I oh. could. Oh, yeah. It's like the old-timey boxer, boxer guy with Absolutely. the big old mustache. <laughs> Doesn't Absolutely. have quite the Little hooks mustache. that Lance does, but man, Sully. That's the, is that, the mustache needs a name, right, guys? Is that, is that is that what your chest hair looks like too? Just like nicely trimmed on the top. Yeah, that's beautiful. I'm kind of beefy like that too right now. Yeah, I've, yeah. I've, that's, I've, I've put my quarantine 15 back on. I can promise you, your biceps look nothing like that. Okay. <laughs> And, and you have a little bit less uh, hair than he does. Uh, but. That's fantastic. So riding with Soli was the highlight of the week. Um, 
but yeah, other than that, just kind of getting through life like everyone else, just trying to pass the time and uh, try and be somewhat productive to boot. So yeah, there, I, w- there was this th- on this ride yesterday. Me and Jake did. There's a there's a segment that's three miles or something like three or four miles. It's all gravel. It's full of potholes and turns, and it's relatively flat. And Jake and I were hitting it pretty hard because we were a little miffed that we got kicked out of the forest. So, <laughs> so we were hitting it pretty Sound hard. Like out of the forest. And we ended up, we ended up catching this car, right? Oh, that was fun. Yeah. The car, the car has to slow down for the turns, uh-huh. and we don't really have to. Nope. And for these huge potholes everywhere, and we slow kept, down. Yep. we kept passing the car, and he'd get irritated on the flat stretch, and he'd catch back up to us and pass us, and uh-huh. then literally thirty seconds later, Jake pass and I pass him again. Bing, Go past him again, <laughs> but he oh, didn't. We, we got him. We did. We, we beat him we to the end of the road, and we then there's the a long the descent down Livingston, and we just like opened it up. We were flying <laughs> down there, going forty something miles an hour. Oh, on on Livingston, you will soar by cars. On oh Livingston. yeah, yeah. Do do you guys ever? Uh, so when you're riding along the water at Fort Vancouver, uh, you, you know there's all those speed bumps there oh, yeah my favorite thing to do is to be flying on the right side of the road and pass cars there because every car has to slow down <laughs> to so slow down much on speed bumps. yeah and that's always how i come back home so <laughs> yeah that was pretty funny good times all right let's see here um lead out news so how about the paps blue ribbon version of champ kind mr champ bailey champ bailey here <laughs> in racing news this week nothing happened oh i don't know there, champ there, bailey there out <laughs> Okay, the only thing I have two things to report actually because nothing did happen. There were a couple of swift races, but that's there's 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 like there's like forty swift races a day. I know, so of course there's some swift racing. But uh, Villa News uh, put out this news article about Tom Dumoulin um, because here's here's Tom Dumoulin's take on on uh, virtual racing. Oh boy, quote. I understand why online racing exists, and it is better than nothing, but it is not close to reality, Tom Dumoulin said last yeah, week. The he's results, right. The results are not to be trusted either. They say nothing. Why? Because you can loosen the resistance on your non-smart you can. trainer. You can. But I will, I, will, I will play devil's advocate here as I continue to do with this. They don't not mean nothing. Uh, How about that, like, double negative right there? Actually, I think I just said a positive. But that's <laughs> okay, granted, it is better than nothing because yeah. we don't have anything right now other than chasing uh, Strava segments. Yeah. And sometimes you take your life in your hands doing that as well. So I understand, but it was still kind of funny. It is. Yeah. Uh, the other thing, there's another I'm article. Waiting, I'm waiting for Rowan Dennis's comment now. <laughs> we're, we're, we're just going to get all of the the, guy, the guys who never cause any waves in cycling to make comments on this. <laughs> there was another article put out by Cycling, Week, uh, Cycling Weekly, and it was about how the British cycling agency has been trying to use Zwift to, to uh, identify talent mm-hmm. in young kids. Yeah, so, this is cool. Yeah, they're at the cutting edge. So they've been trying to to see how you know, who they should be looking at, mm-hmm. and uh, one of their where is it? Um, the criteria they were using was from a peak power point, anything over nine hundred to a thousand watts for a fifteen year old is very exciting. That's so, incredible. So yep. if they find a fifteen year old that's doing nine hundred to thousand watts, that's fantastic. If that same person can hold 350 watts for three minutes as a 15-year-old, they know that there's some promise there, and that's something they should pursue. So our own little 
Nels. Nels Martin. He's probably not too far off that. I'm pretty sure Nels can put down he, close to 1,000 watts. Probably 900 watts is probably in his realm. And he I'm, can do 350 for three minutes. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. I mean, there you go. Nels cool. want to go to Britain? Sign him up. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think Nels, Hayden, and, and a few of our other young guys can can go ahead and head out to Britain here soon. Oh, yeah. Hayden's another one. Hayden can Hayden, yeah. absolutely. I know, I know for a fact that Hayden can put out, over after having to climb next yep. to that kid, he can definitely put out over 350 for I, three uh, minutes. I created this like little uh, mile-and-a-half-long uh, loop segment in 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 Upper Camas, Washington, uh-huh. uh, this week. And I created it um, hoping that some of our local camas people would see it and want to go after this segment so yeah. i created it i went out and did it a couple times so that it came up in my ride that oh you got this k11 thing and guess who went out immediately did got nels it just go nels, nels went out yeah. immediately good got job it. nels so it was awesome yes. <laughs> so he i also saw sean out on sunday too funny story sean i hope you're listening to this I was so Sean sees me going one direction. I'm coming down from large, so I'm like, okay, legs a little bit tired, but I got to go catch Sean. Turn around, Sean is apparently hammering at this point because I'm like head down, killing myself to try and catch up to him. him. And I can just see his little red dot, and I'm like screaming, but he can't hear me because he's just far (laughs) enough away where he can't hear me. So Sean, in case you're listening, I chased you for like two miles, and you never came back to me. Uh, Sean's strong. (laughs) He is. I know. Yeah. Good genetics there. I was hoping I was going to find Nels out there too. I, I was assuming Nels just dropped his dad, but yeah. <laughs> Champ Bailey out. Out. All right, let's jump into our talk for, topic for today. Hey Matt, just got a little text message from you. Cool. Let's see what all Matt right. says. Um, yeah, I'll check that in a minute, Matt. Uh, let's see here. Our topic for today: all things gravel. We had a listener. Um, I'll, one second, uh, Brian Floyd, who actually requested us talk to talk about a little bit more about gravel stuff, and more specifically, wanted to know the difference between, say, like a gravel and a cross bike. Um, so we not only got into that, we're going to get into a bunch of other stuff. So um, <laughs> that's Brian. He's like, God, I'm so glad you guys are talking about this now. Yeah. Um, so anyway, let's let's start with some of just some of the basic differences between, say, a gravel bike and a cross bike. Lance, go ahead. So basically, um, both gravel bikes and cross bikes are made to be off-road, right? Mm -hmm. They uh, generally have uh, larger volume tires with some kind of traction on them, and they're made to be off-road. The major difference between the the two types of frames Mm -hmm. is that one is built for an hour race, (laughs) and the other is built for a... Four All day adventure. to 12-hour <laughs> race. Yeah. race. Yeah. So it has to do with with uh, with comfort a little bit. One so, is much better for cornering. Yeah. So the, the a cyclocross bike has a shorter wheelbase. So mm-hmm. it is shorter from wheel to wheel, and the f- and the front uh, the front tire the front fork has a steeper angle. So the yep. front wheel is is a little. More underneath, more underneath you. Yeah. So shorter wheel base and the front wheel is more underneath you. Because of that, you can make sharp corners. Yep. You can... Uh, and that, that, and that kind of drives your bottom bracket down towards the ground too, which means your lower center of gravity, correct? Yes, except yeah. cyclocross bikes have a higher bottom bracket. Oh, my bad, my bad. I, yeah. More clearance. Yeah, yeah. yeah. more yeah. clearance. Yep. And gravel bikes have a lower uh, bottom bracket. So okay. Those, yeah. That's, that's generally the main difference between the two is wheelbase, that that fork angle, 
and just uh, like length of the frame in general. Yeah, you're going to get a little bit longer of a chainstay. I think you. I don't know if you mentioned that, but the, the yeah, one of the nice things about that is yeah, it gives you that longer wheelbase, which is going to give you like you know more stability. But that longer stay is actually going to act as a little bit more of a lever, and it's going to have a little bit more forgiveness to it, a little bit more compliancy, if you will, when you're riding the bike. Yeah. So. We should definitely mention right up front here that you can definitely use either bike for either type of ride. Correct. Yeah. Uh, I think a lot of people are confused. They're like, oh, do I need this? And the answer is, if you're Lance, yes, but like <laughs> probably, you know, probably not. Like you can use cyclocross bikes on a gravel ride. Yes. You can use gravel bikes in a cyclocross race. Yes. Uh-huh. If you're, you know, if you're trying to figure out which one you should choose, like choose the one that you're going to do more, you know, more of those ride types. You know, if you're going to yeah. ride Correct. out on gravel roads most of the time and you might hop in a cyclocross race, get a gravel bike. And yeah. if you're going to do a ton of cyclocross racing, uh, but you also might go ride on some gravel for some training rides. Then if you're racing a lot of cyclocross rice, races, it's probably worth riding, you know, the cyclocross bike specifically. Yes. The Does other thing get- about the gravel bike is you mentioned like amount of time that you're out there riding. Um, have, we've talked about bike packing, you know, like bike backpacking on this channel before a little bit. We should probably that should be like one of our topics sometime. I think it's super interesting. I think we should explore it. But a lot of the gravel bikes actually have little hooks and things like that for kind of some of these exploratory type bike rides. Yeah, more brazons, more areas where you can add more uh, frames or packs or extra water bottles. Yeah. Yeah. The gravel bike will have that stuff too. Do you guys have that on yours? Do you guys notice? I have the extra eyelets on mine. I don't have the actual accessories that go on there. Right. Um, yeah. I, I will at some point in time, depending upon a ride that comes up, I'll probably get something that will allow me to throw some more stuff in there for an all-day adventure. Sounds, yeah. On, sounds on, like an interesting story. Yeah. On yeah. my on my gravel bike, um, besides the places to put the two water bottles in the frame, there's also places on on the outside of either fork, the right fork and the left fork, where yeah. you could put a water bottle. Oh, really? And there's a yeah. spot underneath the the down tube where you could put one right. like behind the front tire so you could carry yeah. five bottles if you're going to be oh. gone all day so that's there's lots of space it's so you that's can use good. it for bike pack five bottles well. double your bike weight for yeah. there you have yeah. seven <laughs> bottles on there and yeah. you weigh 195 pounds all of a sudden yeah. <laughs> right <laughs> so lance on your cross bike what's the maximum tire clearance that you have um, I, I'm racing on a giant TCX, the, the pro one force edition. And I, I want to say it's 40. I don't think I can put bigger than 40 mil tires I, I, on it. I have noticed that some of the newer cross bikes are allowing for a little bit bigger of a tire yeah. now. And I think that might be the manufacturer trying to say, Hey, you can also ride this on the gravel as well. Yeah. But a lot of bikes, well, if you're doing like a UCI race, the maximum tire width is 33. 32. Yeah, 33. Three. Yeah. So um, a lot of them for a lot of years weren't much wider than that. You can maybe get a 38 on there. And, and now it seems like you're getting a little bit wider. But on gravel bikes, like my gravel bike in particular, I can put a 45 on there. So that's a yeah. pretty stinking wow. big tire. Yeah. You can get on there for an all-day adventure. You can go nice a and long supple ways. And, yeah. Yeah. So that's a, another thing that you'll want to take a peek at. If you're going to maybe look at picking up a cross bike and, and wanting to use it for all different things, if it's a little bit older of a bike, say maybe three, four, five years ago, um, chances are you're not going to be able to put as big of a tire on there. But that's not the end of the world. I mean, even like a 38, if that's your max, that's still pretty good for yeah. doing a gravel adventure. On on my uh, on my cyclocross bike, I keep 33 tires yeah. on it because that's 
it so tends to be the fastest exactly. in race mm-hmm. and whatnot. Plus, when yeah. I raced at Nationals last year, they did actually measure your tires in the start gate. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. So I've never been measured before, but like before you got into the starting gate, they had a gauge that they put over your tire. And if it didn't go over your tire, you're like, nope. Huh. You, Wow. So you, you could like over pump a 33 tire. Yeah, you could be really close on a 33. And so somebody would have to back up and <laughs> let out air. Let out air <laughs> until it, it, and then they let him in. And there were a couple, there was a guy that, that got in. All of a sudden it was, he realized he didn't have enough air. Somebody threw him a pump in the rack. He pumped up his tire, and the uh, official came over immediately and checked it again. Oh, <laughs> wow. Yeah. And wow. yeah, it was good. So he could keep racing, but that's funny. So, have you guys noticed that, um, have you seen any of these gravel bikes where you can actually switch between a um, 700 and 650 size wheel? Yeah, there are a few frames out there that allow you to do that. Which is super interesting. Not that not that that's something that I don't know that it's something that I would ever use, but if you have the 650 wheel, then you can get an even larger size tire on it. Correct. Typically, so. uh, a bigger tire. How close are you to bottoming out if you're on a 650? You're on not. Your- on your gravel bike, no, not, not, a, at all. not if you're riding 55s. That's true. Yeah, if you're riding. Oh, yeah, that's true because that's that's going to make up the difference. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it was just 33. Sure, a little yeah. bit closer. But. So, so what I was saying before, on my cyclocross bike, I run 33s. On my gravel bike, I leave 40s on. You know, that's normally what I race with. And interestingly enough, um, last year at the Oregon Trail Gravel Grinder, which was a five-day gravel event, Carl Decker, who actually won the whole race, I may have told this story before, but he had 55s on his gravel Whoa. bike. It's like a mountain bike. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Now, they did not clear his frame. Oh. What? Yeah. So he, Was he rubbing that entire race? No. He, he shaved his tires. <laughs> cut the knobbies off the side. <laughs> cut the knobbies. He took a hot knife. And cut the knobbies off the sides so that it would it was it would fit in the frame and he could ride the fifty fives. That is time consuming. And it worked. <laughs> and, it, and he won because he there was there was two days where he knew that the fifty fives would be a massive advantage uh-huh. over riding forties or forty twos. And so he's like, I'll race all week on the fifty fives, and I'm gonna adjust these tires to. So well, each day you could swap them out as necessary, correct or no? No. They wouldn't let you change you your tires. You're supposed to change your tires. You're supposed to Not whatever unless, you brought with you, unless you yeah. got a flat or tore a yeah. tire or something like that. Correct. I'm sure plenty of people were changing their tires, though, right? No, we. It was really? a. It was a code of honor kind of thing, or it, what? No, it was a point to point race. You. How are you going to get that stuff? Where are you going to get that stuff? Nobody's going to come drop it off. Didn't you you have Brandy there with you in the van? And I had an extra bike in the van if I had a total meltdown. And people could bring an extra set of wheels Uh as well that they could put in the the moving trucks for Uh the next day. So, yeah, they could swap that way, but the idea was to race the same thing the whole time. No matter your choice, there was going to be a day that sucked for you then. Correct. Yeah, Yeah, there was going to be a day that you had the wrong equipment. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of a cool idea. I love that. That's that's cool. <laughs> yeah. So, Lance, have you ever done a gravel, long gravel ride or race on a cross bike? I have. Uh, first year I did Rebecca's Private Idaho, which was a hundred miles. I did on my cross bike, and um, I I could definitely feel the difference in a long day like that. Uh, it was a six hour day mm-hmm. um, on the cross bike. Is it is it that significant? Because I mean, it, like, it's not to, it's not that significant, but okay. you're just more beat 
up. You have gotcha. to handle okay. the bike a little bit more. Like, so if you're riding at speed and you're mm-hmm. moving the bike around, it takes a little bit more of your body because the bike is a little bit twitchier. That's true. So yeah. you're having like over the course of like three, four, five, six hours, that's a lot of extra movements and stabilization that you have to put into the bike, as opposed to the bike just kind of doing it for you because of the geometry differences. Now I didn't. Yeah. I, I, you know, going into it, I didn't think, okay, this is not that big a deal. Um, I'm this is the bike I've got, so I'm gonna race it. So whatever. I didn't realize how much of a difference it made after four hours until the next year when I actually rode a gravel bike and I'm like, oh Your my body's gosh. a lot less beat up, yeah. And it's just it's just cushier. Is is downhilling much because I will it admit is, on the on the crux that I ride when we were at Yamhill, some of those downhills felt wildly sketchy. The, it is <laughs> On a gravel bike, it is significantly more comfortable yeah. than on a cross bike. Okay. So it's way better on a cross. Now, I yeah. will say, as on long... On a cross bike or on a gravel bike? On a gravel bike, it is way more comfortable than yep. on a cross bike. Okay. It's... it's with that, with that longer wheelbase, you're just more stable. Yeah. I've, I've told this story before where I was pre-riding some stuff in Idaho. I was on my cross bike. Yeah. I was coming down a, a hill um, at 30 miles an hour and hit a softer patch of gravel on my cross bike and went right over the handlebars. Yeah. Out out in the woods, totally by myself, no cell service, and I'd like endoed, in, headered. In Idaho. In, in Idaho. <laughs> you know, I, somebody would have, that's a pretty popular trail. Somebody would have come on me eventually. Three days later, yeah. <laughs> but I crashed. Luckily, I didn't hurt myself and I didn't break my bike. I just got up and brushed off and like shook the cobwebs out and got on the bike and kept riding. But... That same segment on my gravel bike with a longer wheelbase, like just way better. Yeah. Just way more secure, way more easier on the downhill. It's, it's funny thing. Gravel downhills, it it completely depends on how much washboard there is on the road, yeah. on how comfortable they are. Uh, if there's a lot of washboard, if if it's a very popular road for cars and there's a lot of washboard because the washboards are created by suspension in vehicles that's that's where the washboards are created it's it's from your suspension trying to uh keep the car smooth so your wheel bounces up and down and that's what creates the washboards on gravel roads gotcha and so if there's a lot of washboard on the gravel road especially on a descent oh my gosh it just beats the snot out of you and you have to go much slower on if you're on a gravel bike where you're on bigger tires and a longer wheelbase, you can float over that washboard a little bit better than you can a cross bike, so it's a lot faster. Gotcha. In gotcha. the long haul. I'm talking on a six-hour ride well, or yeah. on a four-hour ride. Yeah, because like three, four hours, you may be okay. Yeah, that hour four, five, six, if your yeah. shoulders and neck are killing you. Yeah. Then, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, I mean, I love the, the, the crux for like – all the like climbing gravel rides that we've been on, I love being on the crux. Absolutely, it's, it's it's an athletic bike, and they're lighter. Oh, they're so Except light. Yours is aluminum. Yeah, mine's aluminum. Anyway, none of my bikes are that light. But yeah, <laughs> I, was, actually, I was I was even weighing my road. God, I feel even bad in this. I, I was weighing my road bike before I went out for large town. Sure. Did you ditch your water bottles at the bottom of the hill? I did because yes, I weighed because I because I weighed that bike and I was like, oh boy, um, I am <laughs> the the ALR is a beautiful bike. Don't get me wrong, but it is not exactly the lightest thing you're ever going to step on. So. <laughs> Matt, you have a cross bike. Have you ever used that in a gravel ride? Yeah, I have. It was fine. I mean, I I wouldn't say that I have so much 
cyclocross and gravel riding experience that I could tell the difference uh, because I've probably done those things a handful of times. Um, but I have a cyclocross bike. Uh, I'm probably not going to be racing a ton of cyclocross in the future. I like being able to go out and do a cyclocross workout. I love that. Um, but I could probably do that on a gravel bike. And so yes, you could. Uh, maybe I might look into something along the lines of selling my cyclocross bike uh, and picking up a gravel bike. I don't know. I it think it makes fun to do that. It makes more sense for you, Matt, to have a gravel bike. I think that would be something you would use a lot right. more than the cyclocross bike, knowing that you're not going to race cyclocross. And if you're going to do some cyclocross practices, you can absolutely do that on a gravel bike. Yeah. Do, do we know anybody who's used a gravel bike in a cyclocross race? I, I know have. a few people that have used do you used your gravel bike yes. in a cyclocross race. Yes. Was it a pit bike? Yes. And that's why you rode it? Yes. What races? It was at, I've only done it once. Uh -huh. It was at Alderbrook. Okay. It was Alderbrook. Oh, that's a tough course. It is a tough course. And six lap race with a big, heavy climb, a difficult climb in it. Uh, I flatted on lap two and had to run to the pit. And I oh, had, I remember you telling this story. And I now. had okay. my, I had my gravel bike in the pit just as a emergency backup. And I thought, well, no problem. I'll jump on the gravel bike and I'll race it. Yeah. And it was um, much more difficult on the gravel bike. It was much more difficult. Now, if you're just Probably going, turns. yes, because it's not nearly as nimble. It doesn't turn nearly as quick. It's heavier. The yeah. Mm. handlebars are a little wider. You have to be caref more careful around trees. So I, I, it, it's definitely slower. That being said, if you're going to a cyclocross race to have fun and be there with the team and experience all the blast that a cyclocross event is, then, and you have a gravel bike, heck yeah. Yeah. Absolutely do that. If you have, a, if you have a mountain bike, go grab it and do it. Yeah. Well, Alan Plank's a good example. He wanted to come out and test out the whole gravel scene and see what it was like. He yeah. came out on his mountain bike and crushed everybody. I'm, Granted, yeah. he's a, you know, a Cat 3 roadie guy going out there and just put it to the Cat 5 people in yeah. the cyclocross race yeah. and won by two and a half minutes. But you Alan, know, Alan's got plenty of power to go around, so I think, yeah, he's good. Yeah. So. That was the day I really realized how – how nimble a cyclocross bike is compared to a gravel bike. Yeah. Because I really just couldn't turn yeah. as well. You can you can do it. You can manhandle it. You can make it work. And on a on a six minute lap, it made it it made ten seconds of difference. Yeah. Which is not a huge amount of difference. Uh, but but with at, that many when, laps, that's when you're big. trying to make the podium, yeah. that is a huge Yeah, yeah absolutely. Well, it's, I mean ten seconds a lap. Ten How many laps is it? I mean six laps. Six just, laps. That's yeah. That's a minute. That's, that's the race. Yeah. <laughs> that's, 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 that's one minute. Yeah. It's the difference between having a sports car, a race car, or something like that, and going on a like a tight track, and then trying to take your truck out there your and Nissan. do the same thing. The truck's going to be able to do more stuff, and probably going to be a lot more comfortable when you get out there and, and dealing with crazy terrains. Yeah. You know, that that's kind of your analogy, I guess. So yeah, there's your difference. But you can use them both for both. I mean, y yes, theoretically, you can. absolutely. Um, which kind of leads me into my next question. Um, <laughs> do we need specialty bikes? I, I, you, uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> if, okay, for know, me, yes. Do, do, do you know what's so funny? I have so I'm I'm not going to call out any any people I know because a couple of them are very very good friends of mine. But there's there's like this movement of people that are like 
angry at people for even calling it gravel riding. Have you guys like seen this on on the interwebs? Ah, no. There are people getting angry at each other on the internet. I just got on the internet recently, <laughs> and it's wild. People are so mean on this Wait, thing. What? Matt, have you seen this stuff? <laughs> Never seen it, man. People yell at each other on the internet all the time. It's crazy. I don't know why people are doing this, but but there's like it, it just cracks me because there are people like. Gravel riding used to just be called road riding, and they would show like yeah. some picture from the 1912s. I was like, yeah, that's also when they had trench warfare. Like, <laughs> right? Like, I mean, I don't know, I don't know what you like, what your point is here. But there's people that are like, like saying, oh yeah, like I'll take my road bike out on that, as if it's like a badge of honor. It's like, why would you take your road bike out on like gravel washboard road? That's just an incredibly stupid. Now I've done that accidentally being taken on rides in Colorado and ended up on gravel on my road bike for extended, <laughs> like the backside of Magnolia descent. Anybody in Colorado listening to this knows what I'm talking about. I rode down that on my road bike, which if you're like a true roadie in Colorado is something that you've done, but good God, if you're not prepared for that, it's like, Oh yeah, this would be a great experience on 33s and a cross bike or a gravel bike. Terrible experience on a road bike. You know, I, I last year I did the, the Boise grand Fondo. Yeah. And um, it was a 90-mile day, I want to say, and 30 miles of it was on gravel. So That's a lot of miles. Right, so 60 yeah. miles on the road, 30 miles on gravel, and I made the conscious decision... To choose the road bike? To choose the road bike. What were you riding, 28? I had 25s on. Oh, wow. <laughs> so I rode 25s, and I did not flat, but, oh my gosh, I was like sketchy on the yeah. gravel section. You feel like you're going to fall for the entire yes. 30 miles. Yeah. So it's kind of like the the Belgian waffle ride down yes. in San Diego. So yeah, Belgian waffle ride is like a, a decision. It's like 135 miles. Give or take, yeah. And it, although they change it a little bit every year, it's 135 miles and it's 40 or 50 miles of gravel. I think that's a little much, but yeah, it's still it's a good mostly chunk. It's road. like, like yeah. 25 to 35% of the really ride. Really technical like dirt there's, mountain there's, bike gravel There's stuff a couple too. of trails. Yeah. There's a couple of single track trails you actually Didn't ride. vegan cyclists do that on his road bike? Yeah. Well, most so. most people most do. People do. Thought, thought you had a video on where yeah. Yeah, most people do on the road bike and then with bigger tires with 28s or yeah. something like that. Which is cool. Like it's just to me, I don't get the culture of like completely against anything gravel now being labeled as gravel. It's like it makes sense. Yeah. Get a wider fork, get a you know little bit different bike geometry, and it's just right. a safer ride. Yeah. Well, I think a lot of it comes to like, hey, look at us spending all this money on all these different bikes. That I think there's some backlash on that, yeah. and I think it just comes down to like, hey, if you have disposable income to do it, then that's awesome. Like, I don't feel like people should be you know arguing on the internet about it. It's just one of those things where it's like. If you're taking money out of your kid's college fund to buy the gravel bike after you already have a cyclocross bike, then maybe that's a questionable decision. But, you know, I think yeah. that the backlash, the backlash is like the, the fleet of bikes that some people have. And if it's your hobby and that's what you enjoy and you have the income to do it, I don't see a problem with it. Yeah. I always tell people, put your pension where your passion is, or that's where people generally put their pension is where their passion is. And for a lot of us, cycling is like, that's our main thing. That's our go-to. And that, that's where we find fun and enjoyment and fitness and friends. You know, why not have that extra bike? I mean, Lance, you've got what, eight bikes? Yes. I realized <laughs> last week I like How many bikes do you have too right many now? times. I said it like four times last week that I have eight bikes. No, eight, I, eight bikes? <laughs> okay. So you have how many road bikes? I have I have a road bike and a rain bike that are both that okay. are road bikes. Yeah. So a racing bike no, and a, and a rain smart. bike. Yeah. 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 
And it might be the trainer. I, I oh yeah. Do you have an only trainer? Nine. nine. You have nine <laughs> bikes, and yes, that bike on the trainer counts. <laughs> I have a bike that never leaves a trainer, and it's just in too. the basement. Yeah, I do too. And it's 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 an old road bike of mine that I've just put in the basement on the trainer. So yeah, I guess got this three road bikes. This could be a topic itself. Matt, how many bikes do you have? Um, technically, I actually have a lot, including um, the trek. <laughs> including well, yeah, the trek is gonna be the trek's gonna get moved to the trainer. Yeah, I actually have a a fixed gear single speed that I've been threatening to just give away for a while. <laughs> um, I think Jake's the only person that's seen that one. Uh, <laughs> I have a cyclocross bike and a road bike, so I have four bikes. Uh, okay, that that's way more than I need, and so I do need to thin the herd a little bit. But I could definitely. Give away one bike, and then sell get a, bike, a bike, and then pick up a gravel bike, yeah. maybe. Or I, I, I still need to buy a TT bike, so Exa- that's going to be. That's what I was about to say. Is you have to add the TT bike, so maybe you drop the fixie, and then you just add the TT. Yeah, it's still it's always n plus one, right? So. Exactly, yeah. exactly. But then it's n minus one plus one, so then you just end out at n. So yeah. Well, <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. But if I get a gravel bike, then yeah, we're we're always going to be up one. Jake has like zero bikes because everybody just takes his bikes. So like, yeah, that's J- true. Jake's around like 400 <laughs> bikes all the time. I don't think he technically owns any of them. I think yeah. he technically owns all, all of yeah, them. Yeah, actually, but Jake, Jake probably indirectly owns all of our bikes. Actually, but <laughs> I think I currently own about 28 bikes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I only actively use three of them and, and deem them as mine. Yeah. So, but those again are never safe because people come and steal those too. That's I have yeah. one in my garage I stole from Jake. Yep. Yeah. My, my mountain bike is Jake's yeah. former. Yeah, I, I yeah. currently do not have a uh, cyclocross bike because somebody uh, took that from me, but that was by design. Somebody else. Ah. I, I ended up selling it because I wanted to get the gravel bike and I knew I wasn't going to touch the cross bike once the gravel bike came in. So I'm like, I'm going to find a home for this guy. Yeah. Now, when cyclocross season rolls around, I, I don't know if I'm going to be able to race. I don't know where my shoulder's going to be at. That's been something that has aggravated me. So, and, and the other thing is, I'm not 100% sure it's a wise idea for me to be out there racing in the bad weather, um, knowing that if I go down, I could cause some damage. I need to possibly give my shoulders some more time. I might just do the the early season stuff if i'm given the green flag to the green light to move forward i might just do it on my gravel bike why not yeah. you know and i'm still a cat three yeah. so <laughs> get my fitness up and yeah. see if i can push that bike around and keep up with some people knowing yeah. me i'll probably end up picking up another bike but probably um, i could potentially news, jake, gravel bike. what's that good news jake i don't know if cyclocross is gonna happen i mean yeah. i think mass start events are gonna be out for a little while for all of 2020 yeah. I mean, you think well I'm just thinking about my wife's rescheduled Boston Marathon and, you know, that's rescheduled for September. I just don't understand how they would potentially fly people from all over the world to do a mass start event like that. Yeah. And if states, I mean, it's probably state by state, but if states are canceling mass start events, then that means, you know, no cyclocross races, no, you know, no road races. I just think I, I don't know as we ease back to normal, I just don't know if mass events are going to be the first thing to fall. Yeah. My guess is that that's going to be one of the last things that they allow people to do. Yeah. Well, there's also the thought that there could be a second wave and they're going to want to shut things down again. And when the temperatures start to drop here in the Pacific Northwest, which is concurrent with cyclocross season, that they could just very well, you know, say, yeah, no mass starts, like you said, or put us back into quarantine. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, you need her near there. I, I may or may not do it, but I, I, I just right now currently have three bikes and I, I chose to have a gravel bike over a cyclocross bike because I've done, you know, the 
what was it? The gorge gravel grinder. I did that on a cross bike. I did the Yamhill gravel grinder. I did that on a cross bike. Did fine on both of those. And one of the things that we didn't talk about with a cross bike that is another big difference, or you may have mentioned, but I don't think I heard you say it, is the gearing. The gearing on yep. the bikes is wildly different. You're talking about um, a cyclocross yeah. bike that's generally going to be a one-by drivetrain. So meaning you've got one chain ring up front and you've got anywhere from 10 to 12 uh, cogs in the back, maybe even less on some of the older bikes. But you don't need a big, massive uh, gearing range or gearing ratio range because you're just in a short track that's, in you know, what, two, three kilometers long. Yeah. And you just only have to be within a certain range. Whereas you get out there on a gravel bike and you might be hitting some descents where you want to pedal through that or some of these long flats. And you're easily getting over that 30 mile an hour mark. And that was kind of like the threshold that I found with a lot of the cross bike gearing. And I usually would run a little bit bigger of a chain ring just because I could manage those watts. I'm still finding myself spinning out at like 29, 30, 31 miles an hour. If you're in a race or you're trying to keep up with your buddies, you're like, you know, what the little kid in the back of the, the pack saying, hey, guys, wait up for me. Come on, guys, wait up for me. Because yeah. you're going, you're spun out, you're going a lot slower than they are on the flats or the downhills. So um, that that's yeah. a big difference there. Definitely. Between the two. All right. Um, let's talk about a couple other things. Let's say that you do have that gravel bike. How do you guys going out there and finding good gravel routes? Where's good? How, how do you know where's a good place to ride? How do you know where, you know, Ranger Dan's going to come shut you down. How do you know when a gravel road's actually even open, I guess? <laughs> but, right. you know, there's logging roads. There's some places that, that you want to go ride, and, and you think it might be, you know, kosher for you to go out there, and it's just completely you're, you're trespassing, and maybe it's not posted. Where do you guys go to find your gravel routes? That, that's complicated. Here in the Portland area, we are fortunate because we we talked about them a couple <laughs> weeks ago. There is an organization called Our Mother the Mountain that posts backcountry routes that we can download and follow yep. which is mm-hmm. great but that if you're not in the pacific northwest yeah well it's help more you. than just, or just them posting routes. i mean they'll give you like a full breakdown yes too, they will pictures yeah. and it's, yeah. it's really well done yes yeah, it's, it's well done um when i'm traveling and looking for a gravel route um it i i found the easiest way is through the search of ride with gps I'd go on Ride with GPS, and I know Ride with GPS is also a subscription service. It, uh-huh. it costs per year to be a part of it. But uh, you can search for routes on Ride with GPS and put in a keyword of gravel, and it will uh, it will kick out routes. Routes for that. Yeah. Okay. Now, yeah. granted, they're not really rated. It's just whoever has ridden that and put gravel <laughs> in the thing. So It could be anything. It could be anything. Yeah. Um, quite often I will look in national forest areas and mm-hmm. just look for roads on Google maps in national forest areas and then try to find, Adventure, yeah. yeah, or try to, or try to find a segment on Strava in that area and then try to find the route that that person rode and see yeah. what they said about it. These, these days it's basically just, everybody's got a friend who does frequent gravel riding now these days so i just follow them on strava and just look at their their routes i mean for me the the only ever gravel routes i've ever done were with groups frequently or tonk and charlie in portland and then dustin and david up up here and dustin's got all, i mean i know that Bunch. you you and you know you and dustin both do a lot of the same routes but that's where i get all my sort of routes always in a group yeah yeah so it's it's they can be hard to find but that's the beauty of the gravel bike yeah, it's fun you just you it's it's for exploring it's for adventure exactly so exactly and also like we were talking about before they so 
I'll talk from the indoor training point of view. There's a difference indoor training when you throw yourself onto erg mode versus no erg mode. Sure. Erg mode is more muscular tension. There's going to be resistance on the up pedal and the down pedal. When you're riding gravel for a long period of time, I feel like that's a very similar sensation. There's no break in the pedal stroke. When you're road riding, like there's natural undulations in the road, and especially since there's very little friction, like compared to gravel, a lot more coasting, a lot more coasting, a lot more power on the uh, on the downstroke. Generally, this is why riding uphill is different than riding basically flat. Is on the flats a lot more. Your downstroke is where the power is coming from. When you're riding uphill, it's a lot more like cyclical power, basically. Yeah, and I think that that's a similar sensation when you're on gravel. So. Just like Lance was pointing out, on gravel, you can go 20 minutes and put out a massive power mount and be like, oh, wow, that was that felt hard, but it was almost impossible to not put out that power right. and be even in the group ride. Very different sensation than on the road where if you don't have the legs that day, you can kind of just hang out in the back and be like, you know, on the group ride, quote unquote. Right. There's really not being an on the group ride and a gravel it's ride. It's much more difficult to Everybody, do. like there's a draft, but there's kind of not a draft at the well, same time. You can definitely draft, but um, you you don't see stuff coming. Yeah. And stuff is coming on a gravel road. Yes. Potholes <laughs> and rocks. Potholes and yeah. rocks. Yeah. And yeah. If you're, if you're two inches off the wheel in front of you, there's a good chance you're going to hit something at some point. So. Just, you just have to be prepared for it. Yeah. Yeah. I rode right over the top of Sarah Max at, uh, at uh, uh, Rebecca's Private Idaho last, or like three years ago. We were, we were in a group of five people. Uh, I was right behind Sarah Max, who ended up taking third overall for women that day. Uh-huh. And she was in our, we had, we had grouped up with a few other people. And we're riding in a pace line, and we're all taking turns because it was a flat section on a road. Um, Sarah just looked away at the wrong time and rubbed the wheel in front of her. Oh, no. And, and she went down. I rode right over the top of her. Like, just... Like over her shoulder, over her front wheel. I'm like, oh my gosh. I don't know how I didn't crash. I didn't crash. Um, <laughs> and she was okay. Just- and she's, I got up like, Sarah, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. She's like, it's, it's my fault. I crashed. I'm okay. Let's keep going. So you, you probably went over fast enough, at least that there was some, like, you know, quit. Yeah. Like, like I it'd be one thing at 10 bunny miles hopped, an hour to go I bunny hopped more yeah. than just like plowed into yeah. her. Because I really should have crashed, but I don't know how I didn't yeah. crash. Dang. Anyway. You can hit a human being and not fall over, yeah. but you hit a rock on a descent <laughs> and it takes you out. That well. human being is like 30 of those rocks put together. <laughs> so it, that's a case. That's a good point. So I'm going 42 yeah. miles an hour. I hit a, a, a racquetball-sized rock in the road. Yeah. And I went, Send you sorry. I went yeah. over the bars. Now, I went over the bars because I was in the drops, and I'm on my road bike. Uh-huh. So my weight is is further down and further forward yep and the road bike has a shorter wheelbase than the gravel bike yeah right so i went over the bars same thing when i crashed on my my cyclocross bike on a gravel thing it's because yeah. i was going downhill i'm in the drops on that front wheel on the front wheel shorter wheelbase of that of that cyclocross bike and i went over the bars yeah on my gravel bike Sarah Max hit crashes. A human being. I hit a human being. <laughs> longer wheelbase, a lot more stable, and I just like rode right over the top of her and kept going. I, yeah. We stopped because yeah. more upright, slack yeah, angle on the, the, the head that's, tube in the seat yeah, too. That's a good enough case study for me right there. Yeah, <laughs> I'll take that. Science, YouTube science. Awesome. A good, another good place is just 
finding friends. Uh, Strava's awesome with their clubs, and usually you can go on and find a club for just about anything on there. And if you were to go and look for a, a route and maybe pop on there and maybe just ask for a recommendation or a route that somebody's ridden before, chances are somebody's going to send you something or make a yeah. recommendation or suggestion. And then you've got people to ask too, and they can give you the little nuances like, oh, yeah, don't go ride that national park or that forest right now because it's closed it's until – you know, further notice <laughs> or, you know, Hey, you know, there's a place where you can maybe get some water or maybe, uh, some things to look out for and just, uh, you know, be generally a little bit safer. Yeah. So absolutely. I think that that's a good place to go as well. Uh, or just follow Robert on Strava Ro- yeah, of everybody stuff. in Portland. Robert has the coolest routes by far. <laughs> he's, he's the one a couple podcasts back that mentioned that, um, website where you can find good gravel routes in our area. Yeah. Our yeah. Yeah, very cool. cool. Um, anything particular you guys do to prepare for a gravel ride? Um, I, I will say this. Uh, I usually, on longer gravel rides, I wear a backpack. I wear a hydration pack. Yep. Uh, backpack. Uh, because you're a lot more remote. Yep. You need more water with you, usually. Uh, and... I take a few more tools and things to prepare for precautionary items. Precaution- yeah. 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 To, you use the, the one by Camelback, correct? They have one that's kind of almost geared towards gravel racing. Yeah. Correct. That's what I have. It's called the chase vest. By, yeah. By Camelback. What, yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a slick and little vest. It is a slick little vest. I used to wear a backpack all the time when I used to mountain bike back in the day and then got more into the cross country racing scene. I'm like, eh, I don't need this. I'm just put everything in my Jersey pocket. And yeah. I kind of missed having that because you could bring stuff and I still will take that with me on time to time when I go do something longer. I want to make sure that I have plenty of stuff or I have, if I have my kids with me, I'll take that and I'll throw, you know, tools and extra water for yeah. them and some food and all that stuff. So they don't have to lug it around. But yeah, I, I totally agree agree with that being a good option um evan do you do anything in particular to prepare for a long gravel ride uh like in terms of bags and stuff yeah or just in general just like is there any like little tip that you would throw out there to somebody that's looking um, to get into the gravel scene or does when i was doing some of our longer gravel days um we were having to wear a lot of cold gear so i have one of those bigger like over jacks that has a huge pockets in the back yeah so i didn't do any bags i was shoving everything in just because there's three huge pockets back there um, but outside of that, I was taking, um, does anybody remember the little, Matt, you played, well, Matt, your, your, your kids play soccer. So, uh, do, do you ever use the hand warmers for your kids, like hands during yeah. soccer games or anything like that? Yeah. yeah. So I, I took some of those and put them into my, uh, shoes on, on yeah. each ride that we do. You shake them up, put them in your shoe and get the feet yep. nice and toasty for when it's freezing and they get wet. Yeah. They're yeah. great. Yeah. But outside of like like nutrition or stuff like that. No, nah, I mean, I, I didn't really take any extra nutrition more than I usually would on like a longer ride. Did you start to see in a lot of these bigger gravel races now, people with handlebar bags? Yep. Or with a frame That's bag? That's kind of thing now, yeah, yep. is the handlebar bag. Or with the frame bag to where yep. they put extra stuff in there so you don't have to stop at eight stations. Yeah, that's, so, that's going to save you time. Yeah. You going to do that, Lance? Um, I, that's, what, that's what I use the vest for. If you have a vest, yeah. you don't really need the the frame bag. The frame bag, right. yeah. yeah. So I've got I've got some selfish questions here. Uh, me, Dustin, David, and I. I just said four people. Dustin, <laughs> David, and I have no, no, no. Me, Dustin, David, me, Dustin, and David, I. and I. There's and four I. of you. Me and I want to know. There's 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 three of me actually. Evan, me, myself, and I are. That's we, four. We we've put <laughs> we, <laughs> we we put our names into the Kansas lottery. Yeah. Okay, uh, one, what are the odds of actually even getting into cans off the lottery on your first try? Uh, Chris Strack got in, didn't he? Uh, did he? he? He did not. Oh, he did oh, not. No. Okay. I thought he got the 
the nod for that. Nope, he did not. And then it got canceled. No, yeah. okay. All right, and never it got mind. pushed from June to September. So this is for 2021 is, is, is the one that we're trying to get into now because all, all the slots are already done for 2020. Like, yep. you cannot get into 2020 now. Right. So, like... Unless, wh- you, unless you get a charity slot. Yeah. 20 grand for the charity slot. You know, I was thinking about it with the 20 grand I have laying around, but that's, you know, <laughs> I don't have 20 grand, so... <laughs> I, got that in my I don't have 20 right now. <laughs> but there's so... So we, we, we put our, our names that, but as we did that, I was thinking like, how many people actually race this thing on a site? Like, do most people ride either like, like their gravel bike or, I mean, are there a lot of guys on cyclocross bikes racing Kanza? It's a, that's a good question. Okay. Uh, Kanza is arguably the largest gravel race Thing, in, period. In, in, in the world, in right? In the world. Yeah. Um, it's it's become very popular. It's about two thousand riders that 2000? do it. Okay. Um, out of those two thousand riders, about two hundred mm-hmm. are racing. Gotcha. The rest are riding, experiencing it. It's yeah. a two hundred mile race. Such a long way. So it is a two hundred oh, mile race. There's always flats. There's always mud. If there's any type of weather, mm-hmm. it is a, it is. There's always wind because you're in Kansas. Yeah. Um, I was just assuming that a good race approach would be go all out for the first 20 miles to make sure you stay at the front for as long as possible. Try to break away at roughly mile 25 (laughs) and then just hang on at 300 watts for the next 200 miles is what what I was guessing. Uh, Yeah, it's not going to happen. Okay, so uh, once that doesn't work. Will I regret being on a cross bike is basically what what I'm Um, thinking. Because 200 miles is a long way to be on a cross bike. It means... I mean, that's that's a 14, 15-hour yeah. day. Because I think 110 is the longest I've ever ridden my crux for. Yeah. Which, I mean, like, I felt okay after that 110, but the difference at 150 and beyond you, is huge. Where you're going to feel it is your your wrists, your hands, uh, yeah. and your, your undercarriage. Oh, boy. Yeah. 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 So, uh, I, yeah, I don't, for something, people do it on the cross bikes for sure. Yeah, people, you can do it on a cross you bike. You can do it on a BMX bike. Yeah, because it's because <laughs> it's pretty rough so. gravel. Is I mean, like, yeah, like pretty be. thick gravel, right? It's, it's just it's, it's going to change. It's dude. not thick yeah. gravel. It's this it's this flint rock that is oh, okay. that is sharper than than the gravel you see around here. Okay, which is why there's more cut sidewalls, more flat tires, gotcha, and whatnot. But so on we, the whole, though, it's going to be a mixed bag of just about everything. Yeah. but for the most part, that's the most common. That's, type of gravel, correct? Yeah, okay. the type of gravel is. This I've heard if you flat, they just leave you to gravel. die, right? Like you just die on the side of the road. Well, everybody yeah. gets flats. Yeah. So if even running tubeless, sometimes your tube. So people like carry extra sealant with them and tires. If your tire gets cut bad enough, you know you have to you have to boot it and tube it just to get going again. So you just have to take that little. I know I've I've, I've used those before. Actually, those little boot you put on the inside of the yeah. tire and then you shove a tube in there and yeah. you hope that doesn't pinch flat yeah, basically correct. after yeah. that right yeah. yeah correct that's correct your yeah. odds of pinch flatting on stuff like that's got to be wildly high yes. though, right because i've only ever like on gravel to, ridden tubeless yeah that's why you like to ride tubeless you just have yeah. less flat issues but kanza has it's a, a higher percentage of flats because of the type of rock that they have out there for that length of a ride yes you can do it but you're going to want to find something that's more optimized if you're going to want to be competitive you're going to want to find something that's optimized for yeah. that long distance and that's where the geometry of the gravel bike is going to come into play it's i have no idea where i would place in that though i mean like i like follow the guys who place well at that all the time that's an incredibly competitive ride. I, I'd almost yeah. feel like if i was going there i was just going just to ride it just yeah. to have fun what are they finishing that the top guys at the top 10 guys ish 
Is it like something like eleven hours? They're like ten or I thought I thought Strickland finished under eleven hours when I he think won he it. He did under eleven hours. I, it's not coming to That's me. the so incredible thing about it's about six thousand feet of climbing, so it's not an, a huge amount of climbing. It's just so much more beat, beating that your body it's, takes. It's, it's oh, two hundred miles. This is a long day. Yeah, we've done you know Seattle to Portland, and our moving time was nine and a half hours. With all the breaks, I think it was like nine fifty. That that's the, the aid stations and water yeah. refills and bathrooms and all that stuff. That's a long day, and we pushed really hard, and that's on a road bike with about fifty five hundred feet of elevation gain to do something roughly similar to that. On grout, is it two hundred miles even? Yeah. Okay, because STV is 206, so I could you know, shave off just a little bit of that time. Just to think about doing that on a gravel bike, I, I can't imagine it being even Str- remotely close to that. I mean, Strickland's an absolute beast, though. I mean, that that, that guy also won uh, Red uh, Red uh, Red Hook Red Hook Crate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So he used to. There's a series of Red Hook Crates. And yeah, he was like a, London. And he was other a fixie too. single speed Red Hook Crit racer. Jeez. Yeah, for a which is of years. wildly crazy. I think you're racing on a on a single on, on a fixie. Colin won last year in 9.58. She averaged so over 20 miles an hour. 20.1, 20. 20.2 miles an hour for 200 wow. miles. What was, any power numbers there? Just had a curiosity. No. no. He put up 512 watts for 10 hours. <laughs> <laughs> oh. He beat uh, Peter Statina by yeah. about seven minutes. And he, he beat, beat Alex, Alex Howes was third and he was 20 minutes back. And he beat wow. Taylor Finney by three days. Well, Taylor Finney flat yeah. had, had <laughs> so many flat issues that he finally was like, oh, I'm, yeah, forget it. I'm just riding in slow. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so we've got a lot of um, roadies, and we've got a lot of triathletes that listen to this, and maybe those people don't have very much experience riding off-road in general. <laughs> what are some basic tips that you would throw out there? And let's just keep this quick because we're getting a little long on the show here. What are some basic tips that you would throw out there for them to start honing in on or finessing to be a more proficient and well-rounded gravel rider? I've got I've got one coming from the triathlon point of view. Go for it. I wish more triathletes would ride this style because triathletes are scared of road racing because of crashes they can't control. So it's hard to work on your bike handling when you're constantly fearing crashing being in groups. Sure. Um, I was lucky enough to come from road racing actually even prior to getting into triathlon. So my my thing was group riding. That's what I was used to. But what I would say is take your your cross bike, mm-hmm. your gravel bike, your mountain bike, whatever you have, and just ride on the grass by yourself a lot. That's good. That's a good one. That's what I did out in Fort Vancouver. You just ride around. You get used to the feeling of really unstable surfaces on your bike, and it'll improve your power output and your bike handling, which is two things that triathletes usually you know, struggle it, with. It's going to have a little bit different of a feel, too, coming off of a road bike or especially a, a TT bike. That slack angle, it's going to feel a little bit different when you get on there. And the way that it turns and corners, um, it's not nearly as twitchy, and it takes just a little bit of getting used to. It's not bad. It's mm-hmm. just different. And you know, to go, yeah, yeah, and yeah. to go do the the grass riding like you talked about, that's a good place to go. You just do it in your yard. Yeah, nobody it, cares how many times you, know, you fall like, in your yard. Like the Washougal dike that we ride on frequently for training purposes this is a great place to go. It's flat and it's straight, so you can start to get a feel for just how the bike handles, and you can just do some like very gradual S turns, like going around potholes or mm-hmm. maybe like going on and off the grass transition. Those yep. are good places to start just to get a feel for the bike because it does give you some significantly different characteristical feels. Definitely, that, yeah. That you're not going to get on a road bike or even like a, a mountain bike for that ang- for that matter. So the, the those are some good tips, Evan. I, I think yeah. that's good, but I think that you need to just kind of find increments there as well. You do. So you're going to go from the grass, and then you're going to maybe want to go find something very tame, like a little single track trail where you can work on like the cornering and the turning, and then maybe slowly but surely like work in some other little things like 
like being able to lift up your front tire over like a two by four and then yeah. being able to lift up your front tire over a curb because you're going to want to be able to manhandle that bike so that you can get over rocks and roots mm-hmm. potholes and that kind of stuff too so and understand how to put your weight backwards which i've found yeah. out in a very funny way when we were at a round lake and i forget the little climb it's a really hard punchy climb but it's one that has like a couple logs has like four logs as oh, you're going yeah. up like 18 or 19 yeah. percent yeah and i of course naturally get out of the, get out of the saddle this, this was a year ago when i was like okay here we go get up this climb out of the saddle that back to <laughs> <laughs> yep exactly and you go straight over but yeah that that was good to learn it was like oh you really have to sit back on these especially when you're on loose ground so yes. yeah so any tips from you mr lance mr i got all kinds of experience I, you know i you just can't you just can't dive into a corner like you think you can i I'm trying to come up with a good tip, and I think it's just my my tips are right in your front yard or in your backyard enough that yeah you kind of yeah. get a feel for you know what you should be doing. It just yeah. you're definitely gonna increase your 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 handling skills by by getting on a gravel bike or a cyclocross bike. Mm-hmm. You know if you have or or you can do it what my what my wife did. We got her a gravel slash cyclocross bike and she just jumped right into a race. Yeah, because that's what you do. <laughs> and crashed and split her knee open. <laughs> Outside so. of that last part, sometimes not a bad idea. It's just a yeah. How, how am I gonna learn this? And just I think I'm just gonna toss yourself go. in. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Now Matt does not have a gravel bike, but he does have a cross bike. And there was one thing that Matt loved to go do on that cross bike, and that was going to Bridge Club. Matt, you want to tell us about that and yeah. how that could possibly have some good crossover effect on riding on gravel? Well, I mean, any of those skills that you learn, I think Evan mentioned, like keeping your weight back, um, how much you can corner without going down, stuff like that. Like, you know, if you go, if you do some of this stuff and you wipe out in the grass at a park, it's it's not, you know, you're not going to uh, destroy your shoulder like you might if you um, have the your, you know, Trek stem break uh, <laughs> while going downhill on the road. Uh, and so I think that there's, you know, there's less consequences to going down on some of that stuff. Uh, but you can also learn things like uh, tire pressure matters or tire choices matter. Yeah. Um, some of those little things like that that kind of just help you um, overall with, you know, figuring out your, your bike on different surfaces, which you never really have to do when you're in a triathlon. Um, basically anytime, you know, while you're in a triathlon, it's kind of like, well, what's the rolling resistance lowest, the better. And, you know, and it's kind of not the same when you're, you know, on some sort of cyclocross race or potentially even gravel racing. Um, you need to think about comfort. You need to think about grip and, um, and the actual conditions and roads that you're going to ride on. So, Bridge Club, you know, uh, is cool because uh, it is it, it's basically um, a local group of athletes and they do uh, a structured cyclocross workout. And so um, you start to think about like, hey, you got to get out hard if you want to do well in any of these things. Uh, and so you can work on that stuff. Anything that you want to get better at, you need to work at. So um, it all depends on. Uh, if you're doing gravel riding just to kind of cruise around, then that's cool. If you want to do some of these race events, then you might, you know, you might want to consider doing some specific workouts. Yeah, I agree with that. Just even though you're not going to probably 
chances are you're not going to take a gravel bike out to cyclocross race if you're just looking to get into gravel racing. But to go out and do a cyclocross workout, it still teaches you how to maneuver that bike and how yeah. the bike feels when you're getting into like tight quarters, different mm -hmm. kinds of turns, different kinds of terrains, and, and, and just scenarios that you'll find yourself in when you're out on a gravel ride. So I think doing something like that, if you're a little hesitant or you're a little leery about getting out there or you just want to maybe develop some of your basic skills, that's a good place to go. And you can look that up on YouTube if you want to set up your own little deal. You can go yep. to any local park, get some cones, and set up some different things. You don't necessarily yeah. have to do the barrier jumping and all that stuff, but you can definitely um, you know, set up some stuff to challenge yourself and, and have fun with it. I will say the one thing about cyclocross workouts is a lot of times you are talking about like cornering and stuff like that, which may feel very different on a gravel bike versus a cyclocross bike. Sure. Uh, just because I think some of the ideal stuff for cyclocross is kind of like, hey, you're gonna be going through this, you know, tight turns and things with ruts and things like that that you might not actually see when you're, you know, on a gravel bike. So yeah, yeah. or doing a gravel ride. But who okay. knows? Maybe you will. Okay. One quick thing here, Lance. You got 15 seconds. Go. Tire pressure. <laughs> Talk to us about uh -oh. tire pressure with uh, Thank gravel bikes. Thank God we this way before. <laughs> <laughs> you can run way lower tire pressure than you think. Yes. Way lower. Yep. So I, you know, 30 to 45. On Do you uh, go lower? On oh yeah. You go lower than that on your cyclocross and gravel bike? On um, my cyclocross bike I ride in the low twenties. Okay, let's, yeah, that's what I was thinking. Let, let's keep the specific to gravel bikes though. And what? on my gravel yeah. bike, if it there's if there's road sections, then I will ride in about thirty to thirty two PSI. Dang. And if there's not road sections, then I'm riding like twenty eight PSI. Yeah. Listen smooth. to Lance. Don't listen to me. I ride 40 everywhere on it, that. Yeah. So it beats you up more. The more it, tire it pressure, does. beats you up more. It does. Okay. Yeah. But some things you need to take in consideration are the, the weight of you and your bike. Yep. So mm -hmm. if, if you're a bigger guy, like I've probably got a few pounds on Lance, I'm going to need a few more PSI in there yep. just so that I keep myself from bottom out. Yeah. The places that you're riding too. Like if we were going to go, like we rode through Lackamas Park yesterday and there's all those little roots and rocks and stuff that we're hopping over. If I'm riding closer to 30, I'm going to feel those hitting the rim every time I hit them. And that's not always awesome for your bike. Yeah. But if you're in a race situation, you need to get have good traction, good con you know tactful control of the bike. Mm -hmm. You're gonna have to do that. You're gonna have to, and that'll teach you how to finesse the bike over that kind of stuff. But um, you just have to really find that that little happy medium. So you're typically at about thirty. You said that's on a forty millimeter tire. So Correct. On a forty tire. I I ride about thirty. Yeah, yeah, I've got a 40, was it a 42? And I'm, I'm usually about 35. So And you can go even lower on a larger volume tire. I have tried that, and it bottoms yeah. out too much. So, yeah. But if I go too yeah. high, like you said, it, it chattels yourself to death. I mean, Correct. your teeth feel like they're going to bounce out of your jaw because you're killing yourself on this little <laughs> washboard thing. So. so if a little bit lower pressure um, and it smooths those out, it's faster. Yep. Yeah, because you're just you're rolling fast. Yep. More contact, just like that when we, just like when Matt talked our ears off, which is still something that I reference about TT like sort of pressure. Uh -huh. God, Matt, do you remember off the top of your head what number episode that was? Yeah, no, I forget. Uh, but we talked about. <laughs> but I still talk um, about that all the time. Yeah. yeah, they talked about um, riding the cobbles, and they were like, every yeah. time we lower the tire pressure, they go over this cobble section faster, yep. and it was because your weight is going up in the air if your tire pressure is high versus you're going um, forward if your tire pressure is low yeah. because your tire actually kind of encompasses the cobble itself. And More so ground contact. Yep. Yeah. Rolling resistance, yeah. basically. Just know the route that you're doing too. Uh, like yesterday, Lance and I did this ride. We had what? 
three different surfaces easily, maybe even four if you want to like yep. talk about characteristics of some of the surfaces. So finding a good all-around air pressure for that's kind of tough. But at the same time, you just have to look at what's going to be the the prevailing winner of like the amount of time you're spending on that, and then how um, how hard you want to go on that particular section yeah. too. So good stuff. All right, um, last question. You guys ready for this? Mm-hmm. Gravel bike or cross bike? Pick one. Cross. Gravel. You can only have one. We haven't agreed on anything in like for me, Liz, months. How you guys are? You guys both change your answer. Maybe both of you. <laughs> it should be the opposite. I should have a cross bike, and you should yeah. have a gravel bike. I know, but I love the crux. I just love riding that thing. It's because you haven't ridden a proper gravel bike. <laughs> no, it's because I only like bikes that climb well. That's the only. That's, I know I'm a terrible descender. Married the first girly dates, huh? <laughs> so you can only pick one. Let's you're picking the gravel bike, huh? You can't. You can only have one. I'm gonna beat you on a descent. <laughs> I, I'd, I'd have to change my answer because I love to race cyclocross. It really depends on what kind of racing or riding you're gonna do. If I wasn't racing at all, then yeah, I'd have a gravel bike. But because I love cyclocross racing, it's like the funnest thing I do almost in my entire life. I'd probably have a cyclocross bike. Okay, just a cyclocross yeah. bike, Evan. I just love the cyclocross bike, even though I do not race cyclocross currently. Okay. I probably will. I mean, if that's the only race we're going to have in the fall, I'm with you. Let's all grow a mustache out and we're racing across <laughs> together. That's if, there's, if my whole triathlon season is scheduled, I am grabbing Matt. We're going to we're gonna titanium his shoulder. We're titanium Jake and Matt's shoulder, and we're all going cross riding together with mustaches. So, <laughs> Matt, you can only pick one. What is it? Uh, I'm going to guess gravel, um, but... Whatever. I mean, I, I don't feel like I have the gravel experience to, you know, make that kind of life changing decision. Uh, but yeah, gravel. Considering that you hate cross, I'd say that's a good choice. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah, that's I good. might hate I might hate gravel biking. I've done a little bit of it and I like the fact that there's no cars, but yeah, yeah we'll see. If I'm gonna pick just one, I'm going gravel. There's just so much enjoyment that comes out of that bike. And like this past, not that, not that you can't get that from a cyclocross bike. I just really love that bike. It's so comfortable to ride and I can do everything on it. And it's like, I love mountain biking. I love road biking. They had a child. There it is. I love that thing yeah. even more. So, um, that's, that's my, my bag right there. Cool. Gravel guys. That's fun. Gravel. <laughs> Let's go for a ride. And I want to go ride mm-hmm, again. I know. Cool. Mm-hmm. Let's jump into one last thing. Evan, go. Um, Oh, I'm going to make in the next month, Tonk and I and a friend, Charlie of ours, are going to do an Oregon Larch attempt. So that's Ooh, all I got. That's idea. really the only like race, I, like last thing race I have coming up. Does that even count as a race? I'm virtually racing nope. people who in the past have done something. I'm not positive. It Does, doesn't count as a race. I'm I not, agree, Matt. Count. It doesn't. Yeah. I'm not positive the gate is open. It's not? I'm not positive. Shh. <laughs> <laughs> well, you guys are going to be chasing a KOM up that thing. You got to go around the gate. That's going to slow gonna you down. It's going to be a cyclocross dismount. We're going to have to get over that gate quick then. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. We have cops listening to this. I probably shouldn't even say that out loud. <laughs> Is that your one last thing? That's my, uh, yeah, that's it. That's all, all right. I got. Lance? Uh, be good humans. Yeah. I got nothing. Yeah. Got yeah, nothing, huh? Yeah. All right. Uh, brush your teeth, kids. <laughs> brush your teeth. Eat, floss. eat vegetables. I don't know. There you go. Matt, one last thing. Um, I'm always on the YouTubes. I uh, posted a video last week, which I've been trying to post for a long time. And it talks about that Garmin Vector Air, which is all things uh, kind of aerodynamics. It's kind of a tool where you can see how aerodynamic your setup is. 
uh, but it's also a low-cost power meter. Uh, it's a product that doesn't exist yet from Garmin, so I don't know why I'm talking about it, but I am. Uh, hopefully, they actually post it. Uh, there are a couple other companies that have similar products, and I'm hoping to do some testing on those for some videos in the future. Um, this week, I might post a video about a heart rate monitor that I really like. It's one of those um, like wrist-based optical heart rate monitors. I don't know. Have you guys used any of those? I use one that goes around your I've arm. I've heard of them, but, yeah. but yeah, I've not used Yeah, you probably one. have the Wahoo Ticker. Yeah, Ticker Fit. Is that Yep. Ticker fit. Okay. Yep. They make there's there's one from Polar called the OH OH1 Plus. Uh, and you can use it for swimming because you can put it on your temple, like oh, cooked nice. onto your goggles. Uh, or you can use it for running or biking, obviously. I think it's fantastic. I think it's a good option for people. It's a little pricey, um, but what can you do? So, yeah, good. I like it. Look, look that, for that this week if I can get around to making it. That video is such a good product review too, Matt. I love it. Which one? The, the Vector, Vector Air? Yeah, Vector Air. It is, except for um, I personally don't like my fake 3D rendering stuff that I tried to put in there. Oh, that was and then, awesome. <laughs> uh, and then, uh, yeah, it's a video about a product that doesn't exist, so I don't know if it's a great product review or not. <laughs> you so, know, there's that. they're just about ready to announce their new Garmin Varia radars that are coming out. They've got a version 3 that's going to be announced in the next week or two. Um, I'm pretty sure Jake, people... you can't talk about that. Well... <laughs> I already ordered one, so I, I don't know. They took my money. I, I'm going to talk about it. Um, but <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking that if they're going to announce that, there's probably going to be a few other things they announce. Do you think maybe we'll hear something? Maybe? Fingers You're, crossed? Honestly, honestly, I have no idea. Yeah. Your guess is as good as mine. No one said anything to me. Like sometimes, you know, you'll get like a side channel thing where yeah. someone will be like, uh, you're, you know, you barely got this video in before that product came out or something like that. I've heard nothing. So I don't, I don't know. My gut feeling is that there's some sort of manufacturing problem and it's not, not going to be for a while, but yeah, we'll see. Kind of like their vectors when they first came out, those vector pedals yep. were talked about for eons. It was like a year and a half or two years and they kept having issues with them and they finally launched, but, um, maybe it's yeah. something akin to that. Cool. This one, they actually posted it to the website, but they posted it without the pictures, uh -huh. and then they quickly took it down. And it's like, okay, <laughs> well, you know, we know what it's going to be called, and yeah. we know all the details on it, so thanks for that. Yeah, cool. All right, two one last things for me. One for me, one for the show. The first one for the show. We have another Patreon, you guys. Oh, yeah. fantastic. Woo, woo. Mr. Scott Troutman is our newest, latest, Excellent. and greatest Patreon. So I think we have like six or seven of them now, which is awesome. I really do appreciate the uh, support, and I just... I don't know, kind of makes my day and it helps the show out a little bit. So if anybody's interested in becoming a Patreon as well, go to dialpodcast.com and you can find it right there on the homepage for the podcast. Um, it's also a place where you can go and listen to all the episodes and maybe see all the thumbnail art and all the different show titles and all that other stuff. Um, that's just awesome that they're doing that. And you can also see it on our Facebook post as well, but um, you know, follow us there as well. So wanted to say thank you. And my one last thing is there's a birthday coming up from somebody around here. I think, Somebody turning the big five zero. Oh yeah, <laughs> Lance, no pants. Lance, no pants. Turning the big fifty. Fifty. Five zero. Man, you chose quite a year to turn fifty. Didn't Actually, you? well, uh, I was I was supposed to be in Italy right now. Uh huh. I'm supposed to be doing a race in going? Italy. <laughs> I am not going. I'm sitting. Not right making here. it to Italy. I'm not. When's your actual birthday, Lance? Lance? Which day is where your we going? Which day is it? Uh, my birthday is Wednesday, April 29th. As you are listening to this, if you listen to this on the day it comes out. So, wow. Yeah. Do we need to sing happy birthday to Lance? I think it's going to make it into the Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> happy <laughs> birthday <laughs> to you. To you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Lance. And Soli. Happy birthday to you. 
to you. And many more. Sully and I thank you very much. <laughs> wow, that was bad. <laughs> can we get voiceovers for that? Can you, can you just play like a Mariah Carey version of that? Fix that one in post, buddy. <laughs> That's what we actually sound like. Whatever Jake just played right now is our actual voices. Awesome. All right, well, that's it for me. I just wanted to say shout-out to Lance for turning 50 this week. Are we going to go ride 50 miles on Wednesday? Probably. Long game for that, right. I think. I think you should ride 500. Clear my schedule. No. 50 is not enough. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say we ride 50 for Soli, too, but Soli's only a couple months old. So. <laughs> 50.2. Yeah. All right, well, we really appreciate everybody listening. We will see you next week. Have a good one. Bye for now.